Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigars, CigarSoapbox.com, and coming to you live from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, where it's about 110 outside. And we are in the Huddle Up Store studios, loving every minute of it. We are in the air-conditioned lounge in Zeal Cigars. If you're interested in cigars, go to ZealCigars.com for the best deals on the most elegant house brands in the absolute industry. Featuring Glory and Honor, our brand new cigars that we just dropped. The Glory is the Connecticut, beautiful Connecticut, and that Honor is the Slam Bam. Thank you, awesomeness, JB. What do you think about that Honor cigar? Dude, the Honor Maduro is really good, man. It's very, very good. It's awesome, dude. It really is. I mean, it's sold like crazy, and we got more coming in. It's it's gonna be great. I can't. I mean, just, it's definitely underpriced. It's it's way underpriced. Five yeah, bucks, yeah, yeah. bro. Five bucks. Come yeah. on, come on. Go to zillcigars.com, bro. <clears throat> well, today we're talking about uh, an interesting subject that when I presented it for JB to <laughs> JB initially, uh, his um, lack of emotion and lack of uh, uh, thoughtfulness. In, there, there was there was some and, emotion uh, there. And uh, I'm sorry, lack of proper emotion for <laughs> a, uh, a, uh, a boss or a friend uh, or anything like that, uh, which it's not in JB's uh, category of emotions, uh, was not there. But, but we, I, mean, I think we sometimes spun, I'm a robot. You are a robot. 100% you're a robot. Uh, but so, so, so I think we spun it pretty well, though, because I was talking, we were talking about some, some podcast. We've covered a ton of stuff on the podcast. Yeah. We really I mean, have. We have over 100 episodes. Right. And so one of the things that we want to do is give people something that was really practical and something that I think every guy can relate to. And so if you listen to the podcast, thank you so much for listening to it. Uh, the podcast is hit and miss on when we can get it done and everything else like that because the AC is still broke. In the back, thanks to Mr. Cool. Do not buy from Mr. Cool. I'm so frustrated with Mr. Cool. Worst customer service I've ever experienced in any company. I'm not trying to put him on blast. I'm just being honest. Um, so, long story short, uh, the AC should the the part should be in today. We the ship is one part. Part didn't work. Now the ship is another one. After this, hopefully. It works, and it should be here Friday, from what I understand, right? Okay, I was going to say, because both the delivery trucks that usually drop stuff off just rolled out, so it didn't come on those. I'm telling you this much, man. It's, it better come in this Friday, and it better work, because I'm, 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 I'm in a mood about that freaking air conditioner. It's been about a month, dude. Solid tell, month. Tell them how you yeah. really feel. No, it's been about a solid month, man. They, they know it. They know it. So I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest about it. So, uh, yeah, and if it wasn't for, it wasn't for mom... One's her mom working her magic and everything else like that. She's, who's sweet and kind and everything else like that. Uh, unfortunately, I have my limit. And my mom does not. So mom gave me a good old call and said, hey, I'm from Kentucky as well. So that's where my kinfolk are from. Down, down in Viper, down, down, in, uh, down in Hazard County, Kentucky, down in Pineville, right outside Paducah. Okay, that's where my, that's where my kinfolk come from. So if you listen from Kentucky, we love you down in Kentucky. And Mr. Cool, I'm not, I'm not hating on you. I just want you to really get my part right. Anyways, long story short, uh, we're talking about when it comes to interviewing, when it comes to interviewing, how men can interview better at jobs. Some of you guys might be changing jobs. Some of you guys might be changing careers. And we had some questions that we wanted to ask back and forth that might help in that job interview, job seeking uh you know, realm, if you will. Uh, so I'm going to add another layer to it also. Give me the layer. Give me the layer. So as much shit and as much fun as I was making of you kind of at the beginning saying like, some of these questions are weird. Why do you want to just ask these randomly in a podcast? Like I, I get, I get they're revealing about us, but like there it's weird. But at the same time, like if you go on a date, these questions absolutely could be asked on a date. Oh, sure. Because they do kind of correlate to the way that you, 
you would work together as partners very similarly how do you would work together with people at work right so oh, yeah. i th- i think as much as i was like kind of snarling at you about it i think there is some some life application to you know it, it, if you know if you're interviewing a business partner if you're interviewing uh, somebody to be an assistant coach if you're interviewing any, any anything like that right so mm-hmm. I think it really could fit. So I just wanted to add that layer to it. Is that an apology? Is no, no absolutely not. not. I still not. think it's weird as shit if not. we just talked about it one-on-one, though. Of course not. Of course not. JB does not apologize. That's not true. He doesn't have emotions. He doesn't have emotions. That is so you know. not true. He doesn't have emotions. He has two mis- emotions pissed off at his sleep. That's yours. <laughs> you, might be, you might be Irish. <laughs> talking about yourself. <laughs> well, I literally don't have my glasses in front of me. So, so we're going to read through some of these questions and discuss them with you. Uh, and this can be helpful, guys, as as job interview. Some of these are like things that you want to ask a an employer, mm-hmm. you know, in particular, if you're interviewing. Uh, and I, I think that's very, very important. So some of you guys are out there getting your first jobs, first careers, everything else like that. And you're looking to interview. And I, I guess one of the questions I ask you uh, off the off the rip, JB, is um, interviewing here is very, very different from any other job because I knew you, you're a customer and everything else like that. And it was kind of a no brainer for me. I already tested your character. I knew yeah. who you were and everything else like that. And then during your part-time time, part-time, you know, uh, months that you were here, the I vetting li- process, yeah, I, I literally vetted out everything I could, you know, so <laughs> I saw the good, bad and ugly and, and wanted ever wanted everything, obviously. So as a result, I mean, some people aren't going to see that in an interview. So some of these questions are really good at pre- asking your potential boss and or organization that you want to work with, you know, so that you can have a really clear idea. I'll say this about any kind of interview. A thousand percent of it is communication and expectation. Yeah. You know, communication. But what do you, what are they expecting from you? What are you expecting from them? And a lot of people don't don't ask these questions. So they're just, just so happy to get a job. They won't ask the right questions, you know? And so we think these questions can really help you in interviews. So we're going to be talking about those a little bit. I think right now is one of those times, too. I'm seeing a lot of people that have been in jobs for a really long time kind of getting antsy and wanting to maybe change and do right, something different. Right, right, right. And right. when you're in a job for a really long time, it becomes kind of like quicksand, and it's like a security blanket. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, the harder you fight to get out of it, the harder you think you can't, and the more it seems like you can't, and then mm-hmm. the more safe you feel when you go back to it, right? Right, right, So right. these things are also applicable, applicable for somebody who's been in a career for a while and looking to do something different. All right, so let's talk about the let's talk about the the, the questions that you want to ask, the questions that you want to ask a, a boss, and we'll discuss those. So, go to the first question for me, JB. Okay, so you want to do what you would ask an employer? Yeah, what you would ask an employer. I think this is important because okay. I think the employer is going to be asking some some good questions and everything else like that. But I think this is very good questions that you want to ask your employer at this point. Go ahead, JB. Go to the first one. Uh, what opportunities are there for professional development and advancement within the company? So a lot of people, when it, when it comes to that question, are afraid to ask that question because yeah. it makes it sound like, hey, man, I want your job behind your desk. I'm not, I'm not coming here just to, just to just play games and you know, do my nine to five. I, I want to advance quickly. But why should people want to ask that question first? Well, first off, if the person getting butt hurt, they, if an interviewer gets butt hurt for you asking that question, then that just tells you that they don't have aspirations to go anywhere else past where they're at, right? So right. they shouldn't be mad at you for, for feeling like you may want to, right? Right. But I think you want to ask because you don't want to go somewhere where you're going to put a lot of time in and and not be rewarded for that time. But not only that, but it also if you're one of those people that you don't like to do the same things and you want the the freedom to be able to, to change a different job, like 
that was one of the coolest things about Apple. Mm-hmm. If I if I really really wanted to do something different and move to a different state, mm-hmm. I could have been man. I could be working on machine learning and AI technology with my buddy mm-hmm. in San Diego on experimental projects right now. If I wanted to, like mm-hmm. I could have been. I could work in the photo app. We're learning how to take pictures. I could have done, you know, uh, creative stuff where I could have been teaching classes. Like, you know, the so the ability to move around and go to different. I mean, you could literally transfer to any other state as mm-hmm. long as the interview process went good and you were in good standings. I could go to any state and work. Right. I could right. go on vacation. I could take a three week vacation, and take a week and a half of vacation, but work at another store for a week part-time and help them out and then use that other time free of vacation. So I think there's a big benefit to knowing what your opportunities are inside of a company. That's, that's a huge thing. And, and, and knowing what the time period is as well. Yeah. I think one, one of the things it does for uh, the boss, is it shows you what kind of ambition you actually have. Um, if you, and, and I'll say this as well, different guys have different levels of ambition. They just really do. Some guys are really, really, you know, very satisfied with where they are. And we're not talking to you guys. I mean, in, in all honesty, if you're satisfied with where you're at and everything else like that, that's fine. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But I will say for guys who are more ambitious and you're thinking about stuff like that, make sure that you're asking these questions of your potential, you know, organization that you're going to work with or, or company or, or, or business or everything like that so that you can understand, like, this, this, is the, this is how I climb the ladder. And then I would ask a follow-up question, like, how do I climb the ladder here? Maybe even ask the guy, how did you climb that ladder? When did you come to work here? Yeah. You know, and so on and so forth. So you can actually get an idea as they talk. And what's the average know, time frame? Right are, right. are you willing to wait that much time with the company at the pay raise rate that they're, you're expecting over? Let's say they say the, the guy says it usually takes three years. Well, do you want to put three years into that company with what they're offering you over the next three years? Exactly. Exactly. That, that's a really good one. Go on to the next one. Um, can you describe the company's culture and how it supports work-life balance? That's a, that's probably for me. If I ever go to any other job, it's probably going to be the thing that I have to figure out the first, the fastest. Okay, okay. How did you figure that out here? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's a little bit different just because you know smaller family-owned business that kind of stuff can all can happen quicker. But it also can happen better and slower in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like it happens quick, but then it also happens a lot slower, but a lot stronger over time because a family-owned business is going to be a lot less likely to give out trust as early as a big corporation might oh, make absolutely. you feel, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So um, for me, it was it was just coming in as a customer and feeling the environment coming in and, and you and from mm-hmm. your sister and from uh, when Heather was still working here and Cole, right, when I would right. see Cole every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just, just having, you know, I, I felt like I was home and then learning you were from Ohio. I was like, oh, yeah, no shit. No wonder I felt like I was coming in to see my family. Like, right, right, right. So right. for me, that, that obviously filtered into then me working here. So it wasn't mm-hmm. really much discovery here to figure that out. Sure, sure, sure. Um, other jobs, though, man, it's been that's been an adventure. I, I think I think the when you ask that question, you're asking a, a cultural question of the company. Like, what is your what? Is, so when you say things like work home balance, the first thing that you might you might feel you're doing with the boss is asking him like, hey, man, I really I really appreciate my time at home. I really want to do this. 
you know, I don't want to work too much or something like that. You might have that fear of asking that question. I think when you ask that question, it puts you, it puts you in a perspective where the boss, like this guy really values his free time, which is important. So I want to make sure I clearly, you're getting the boss or the person do, per, performing the interview, a really good opportunity to engage you on the culture that you're stepping into. Yeah. So, so I, I mentioned this before, my wife works for a large company, a very, very big company here. And, uh, their culture is unprecedented. It's, it's Forbes top five every single time. And their culture is really, really, really important to them. And so they actually have a keeper of the culture, if you would. They have yeah. people that, that are executives that are like keepers of the culture. And so it's very, very, it's very, very good to see that and to say, okay, that, that's important. I want to, there's things that, that they do that I have incorporated here and still want to incorporate as we grow so that I can go, okay, look, the people that we bring in, and so on and so forth. I want them to know there's a culture here that we want them to adapt to and have an expectation from. Yeah. That's an important thing. So when you're asking that question, you're not asking a question like, hey, man, when, when's my first vacation? Which you can kind of feel like. But what you, what you want to do is get, get, a, get a clear vision of how they expect you to fit into the culture as well. All right, well, question number three. So that, 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 that's the whole aspect of it. This, this question may be... That's probably important. This question is probably important today, and also to part. It's also important on where you are today, and uh, maybe some of your political views uh, in the company and everything else like that. But I think it's important to know. Either way, this question is important. So go ahead and ask the question, JB. Uh, the question is: How does the company foster diversity and inclusion in the workplace? That's important. Um, when, when you're, I mean, if you're a minority and you're thinking about that, and you're you're thinking about, you know, is it? As I'm going to different places like that. That's also important should you have a major political difference from the company that you go into. That's a, that's a very important question, particularly nowadays when your political views can get you fired. You know, and so if, if all of a sudden you have, you're, you're, you're a very strong conservative and you're going to work for, uh, let's say, let's say a, a, a Bud Light, right? <laughs> you're going to work for, for Budweiser, you know, or something like that, that has a ten, tends, to ha- tends to have more left-leaning views, well, one of the things that you're going to want to, you know, ask is, you know, how do they foster inclusion and so on and so forth, meaning like you're, you're, you might be a minority going in there, you know, in your political views. And if they say things like, yeah, you can't voice that, you can't think that, you can't write that, and they watch all your social media and everything else like that, you have to understand that people today, when they're vetting out somebody, absolutely scrub their social media. They look at everything you've ever posted on social media going back as far as you possibly can. You know, I know it's a big, big, big deal for companies. So uh, that that's an important thing. So how would you handle that? What's that? That 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 question in particular. When you oh, ask that question, what, well, do you, what are you expecting? You think? Well, for me, it's it's learning experiences, right? If I'm mm-hmm. going to be around people all the time, for me, having different people makes it a little bit easier to. It can make it easier and harder, right? It can make it easier in the way of like you you learn a lot about life and just different experiences that people have that you've never experienced before. Like, you know, I've worked with people that have literally um, escaped Iran because they converted to a sort some, you know, some type of Christianity and hearing how they traveled over eight years or something like that through all these different countries and spending years in these other countries until they finally got to the U S like, it just gives you a different outlook on life and, and you can you can really learn a lot and really help grow yourself when you get to be around a lot of different type of people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where that can be a bad thing is, is, is when you get a lot of those different types of people, sometimes it's a little bit harder to rally the troops under like-minded or, oh yeah. Um, or similar ideas. Right. Um, I'm one of those people. If you put me into a group of people, I'm one of the first ones that's going to be hard to rally into an idea that gets pitched or thrown out that we need to do because my first question is going to be, I need all the reasons that this is new Mm -hmm. and what makes sense about making these changes? How are they beneficial and what, what is it going to benefit both in in a lot of my cases, it's customer service. So how's it going to benefit me as an employee and how's it going to benefit the customer? Yeah. And, you know, if they can't give me a good explanation, then I'm obviously going to be a little bit of a dick about it. That's a, that's a generation thing, I think, with you. It I could that's be. a generation thing, meaning, like, I, I think older guys, my age in particular, I mean, not that we're robots, but boss said do this, we do it. That's, that's well, policy and everything I else. I think like a that. lot of it has to do with, with, who, with who, who I grew up around a lot. Sure. My dad being a police officer, I was told, question everything. Mm-hmm. From a police officer, I was told to question your government, question everything, Mm -hmm. and make sure that you figure out that you do your own research to make sure that you understand what you're being told. Sure. And then my grandfather, who was a pastor, would say the same things. Oh, yeah. You got to question everything, son. Go read the Bible. Everything's right there for you. I I think when it comes to business, though, in in that regard, when, you know, you're, you're asking... Why am I? Why are you asking me to do this procedure? Why am I asking me this policy? Why are you asking me to do that? And the guys like, I don't care, just do it. You're, right. You're, so, you're the, well, sometimes the, there the, is not a good time yeah. to ask that question. Well, of course. I mean, especially <laughs> in, in the midst of business, to try and get things done. You know. So I think that's that's one of the things where I see a lot of younger generation, which I don't think it's a bad thing at all. But I see a lot of younger generation asking questions like, "Well, tell me why we're doing this kind of thing. Explain to me why this is going on." And you see that I see that rolling out with other businesses much, much more today than it did in the past when I was, you know, a young well, buck working. And in that's why you industries. ask these employers these questions, oh, right? Yeah. Because oh, you yeah. need to vet out what kind of employer that company is. Oh yeah, absolutely. And whether or not can you can you be told to do something and there's no explanation about it. I need you to go not 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 morally or anything like that. I need you to go put this widget in that right. in that box. Uh, why? It doesn't matter. That's what we have to do today is put that widget in that box. You know, and they're like, well, why? We, well, we were putting it in this box. It doesn't matter. Go put it in that box. We've changed, we changed our minds. We're going to put it in that box. And I think with older guys, they're kind of like, you know, my age in particular, let's say 40, 45 plus, like, okay, now we're doing this box for some reason because we trust the guys above us. Your age, generally, you're saying you're, you're, tr- you're I think, mistrust, I you think know, from the get-go. I, th- I think the problem is, is we've seen so much mm-hmm. of the distrust happening that it's kind of hard to overlook it. All right, JB, roll us into number four. Uh, number four is going to be, uh, what is the leadership style within the organization and how does it contribute to employee success? That's a huge thing because what you're asking for is chain of command. That's a, that's a, I mean, I think that's one of the first things you're asking for is chain of command, who's my immediate superior, who yeah. I report to, things like that. That's one, of the, that's one of the clearest things you need to know when you're going into a new company is who do you, who do you report to directly? Yeah. Meaning like not, not, not necessarily whose butt do you need to kiss, but there's a sense of where you want to know who is the person that I'm, I'm directly reporting to. So I know what my job spectrum is. I know who's holding me accountable to what I'm doing. I know, you know, job performance wise, who is the person that, that I'm, that I'm primarily responsible to, you know, that's a huge thing to know when you're walking into a company and and lots of times it's not the person you're that's doing the hiring. Yeah, that's true. So You want to know, and you want to be able to meet them too, even before you're hired. So, in fact, I had a job interview a long time ago where 
uh, the leader of the company uh, was like, man, I would hire you in an absolute heartbeat, but you got to meet the guys you're going to be, re- re- you know, reporting to first. Yeah. And so I, I ended up having coffee. It was actually a church, really, 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 really large mega church, like 25,000 people. Um, and he said, so the, the founder of the church was like, man, I hire you in a heartbeat. You're, you're incredible, but you got to meet with a guy that's going to be your direct report. And I don't know if you're going to get along with him. Yeah. And after five minutes in a conversation that I had at Starbucks with this guy, I was totally out. I was like, there's no way I'm going to work with this guy. Dude was super massively insecure, super like, he literally came out and started the conversation like this. Hey man, I was a geek in high school. I was a complete dork. Wasn't an athlete like you, wasn't successful like you and everything else like that. Wasn't good looking or anything like that, but look at me now. Look at me now lead, leading this big organization and everything else. Like, and I was like, oh my gosh, dude. Dude, super insecure. There's no way I can work with him. 100%. Balloon just yeah. kept getting bigger while you were sitting oh there. Oh my one gosh, of those dude. Oh, head was about to pop. It was so big. I didn't know how I fit it through the doorway to get in. Yeah, um, so that that was that was, that's one of the things I thought was very very helpful. I've even asked before if before if the job offer came to the table. Mm-hmm. I've even asked before uh, there was a technology company here that um, I was looking at going to when I was um, trying to get out of Apple, and I actually asked them when the offer was put on the table if I could spend one day, half a day, with one to three different employees in my roles, and I watched. Uh, kind of how they went throughout their day and their interaction and things like that. And I was like, not going to be a fit for me. Yeah. yeah I can't sit yeah. in front of a computer and, and literally look bored all freaking day, dude. Well, it's, it's, it's better for you to find that out now versus yeah. getting into it and then getting out of the job. It looks terrible on a resume if you're there for a month, two months, three months, whatever. And then you bounce out to something else Yeah, because a lot, a lot of guys think that the greener, the grass is greener on the other side. So they're always looking for something new if you would. And so I think that's really, really important. That doesn't hit me for five years. Every five years, I feel that way. Yeah. You know, but it's not, it's not, I don't know if that's by nature programming or, you know, you, you go to, you know, school for four years, college four years, and then you're, you know, but every five years I get, I get, I get the, uh, the move on itch, if you would. Well, so. I, I think in a way me and you are kind of similar in this in an aspect and like, if there's if we get to a point where we're not feeling challenged and you for you I think a lot a lot more than me it's it's also linked into your creativity. Yes. Like I'm not really super creative um like driven as far mm-hmm. I can be creative but it's not like something that drives me. Mm-hmm. For you if you hit a point where like you don't feel that you're being challenged or your creativity is allowed to to flow more than it than than it is at the moment. I could see where you could get complacent in the same way where if I get to a point where um like kind of at Apple for me for example I hit to, I hit a point in my role where there really wasn't anywhere else I could go mm-hmm. there wasn't much more I could learn other right. than um more about myself personally and as new products came out about the new products right right right, right. but so I just started getting to a point of like I'm just getting tired of doing the same stuff every day and not not getting challenged same thing in school mm-hmm. just you know one of the reasons I didn't do well in high school was because I don't want I I saw all the bullcrap that I wasn't going to use anything that they were teaching me uh and number two I was bored I think a lot of guys are bored in school I think that's why a lot of I think that's why uh, education is for women, and it's been. Mainly, but that goes to the leadership been, style of the t- of each teacher in each classroom, right? Like it's yep. hard to captivate. But I think yeah, for especially young a group men, of people, especially young men, because I, and, and I'm not trying to get off on a soapbox here, but the reality is that that education has been m- widely feminized, 
And so you're asking young men with a tremendous amount of testosterone to sit down for 45 minutes to an hour and to listen to somebody. That's just not what they want to do. Yeah. They want to do something else, you know? Yeah. So it's cool to see charter charter schools pop up with more hands-on stuff that they want to do and yeah. getting back. Some schools are getting back the to trade shop schools. class. Yes, dude, absolutely. Where you can, you, you can enroll as a freshman and learn how to build an engine by the time you're a senior and yeah. then go out into the world. Go, go, I mean, you get, those guys get fast-tracked super quick to you know, motorcycle institutes, car institutes, and everything else like that, and are in dealerships making mass money by the time they're 19. Yeah. You know, to be quite honest, you know, so, uh, which is really, really cool when you know how to work on stuff. And, and but that, that personal stuff is, is, is absolutely critical to know because, like, like you said, I, I think, I think that's one of the things you, you want, you want to know how can I fast track my career? Where do I want to go here as far? And this, and some people just, some people don't want a career. They just want a job. Yeah, they just want a paycheck. Yeah, right? and I'll say this too, by the way, because I think some of you guys are like that. Some of you guys are, are just, you're just working the job, and it's okay. It's okay to just work a job and provide for your family. It really is. We man. literally had a UPS driver in here the other day that was yeah. like, you know what? I'm not really fond of the work. Some days it really, really freaking sucks, but you know what? The money's good. I can provide for my family right? and the jobs, Absolutely. and the benefits are great. So Mad, mad respect for that. Mad you know respect what? for that, yeah. And maybe one day he'll hit a point. Uh-huh. Where something flips and he goes, I don't really care about the money anymore. And he'll go find something different. But right, until right. then and until he feels differently, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. I would, I, I, I'm 100% on I've that. worked the jobs just for paychecks. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you think I liked working at the bank with with like four older women? Yeah, Actually, dude. I kind of did. They were dope. But that was <laughs> a really great. cool experience. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that... And I, I really also think that when it comes to work, uh, a lot of your attitude plays into... You know, I mean, I want to make it a great day where I, where I work. I want to make it a great. That's what I, that's what I try to do when I walk, walk into Zeal. I want to make it a great day for everybody here. I want to make it a great day for me. And so I want to have a, a positive attitude when I come in. So I don't have a. What are you, laughing at? you come in the other day. He's like, I felt I felt a little bit bad the other day. Because Brad came in and he was like super pumped about. Uh, dude, you're a jerk. You're an absolute <laughs> jerk. This is typical JB. Go ahead and tell him what you said, dude. I told Dave about this, man. I'm like, Dave, sums up JB's butt all dude, the time. When I, I, I just, I don't know, man. There's just some things that I don't get excited about. Like, I, I wanted to be more excited for Brad because I saw how happy he was. But like. Whatever, dude. I don't know if there's like some PTSD in the back of my mind that like. I Pro- just. Probably. When people get excited about their gym PRs. I literally just don't give a shit. So, so here's I don't reality. give a here, fuck here, about your gym PRs. Here's the reality. So, <laughs> a little bit of a gym rap now. But, but working out so again, excited. losing weight, getting my gains back, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> just, just felt really good coming in here talking to JB. I'm like, dude, hey, you man, felt I, so I felt, good coming in. Yeah, I was, I was like, dude, dude crushing the gym today is great. And you just literally, JB's like, I don't give a crap about that. I don't give a crap about it. I was like... I was like, dude, right. I'm happy that you're freaking right, killing dick. it, bro. And, but no, like, you weren't. You were like, you're like, I, I don't did, give a crap about that. I did say that. that. I, I did say you that. you thought about it and came back there, you did. Yeah, but so, I mean, whatever, dude. It's, it's, it's fine. I, I figured you're, you're just, I don't know. <laughs> you're on something, you know. No, so, I just, that, for some reason, I guess, I but guess. it's like you doing good at basketball and, and, and telling me that. And I'm like, hey, right. man, that's really cool. Yeah, because you don't First, give a shit about basketball. I don't at all. But at least I care like I'm interested or something like that, you know, instead of being... It's a difference between JB and me. Don't go to JB for your problems, that's for sure. Just shut up and just get on with life. All right. Yeah, but you didn't come to me with a problem. You were just excited about I something you achieved. I was excited about it, dude. I was excited oh, about man. it. Oh, man. I'm still that, excited about it, dude. That was funny. I don't know why, but that's just that's just one of those things that, like, I just, I don't know, man. It never, 
maybe it's just because I had a lot of friends that that's all they really gave a shit about was how much they could lift, and that, then they still got their all, ass beat by me. That's not all I give a shit know. about. But, I know it's but, not. And you and you poured water right on my hot fire, so <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate all, that. You, I pissed all over pissed, that you did campfire, piss all over bro. It, dude, so good luck with that, man. Good luck with that, <laughs> jerk. All right, what's what's question number five? Oh shit! How does the company support employee wellness and mental health? I think that's oh. probably more of a a last ten year question more than anything. Yeah, I think I think that's a which is very valid also now within right. the last ten years. I, I think more more employees have been taking uh, care of of people with mental health. You know, giving giving mental health days. You know, the I think I think even our um, our government's been aware about something. I think it's been good as employees have to give. People paid time off for um, mental health as much as just physical things that they have to do. Uh, I'd like that. I think it's, I think it's good. I think that's we've encountered that here before, where people just need they need a health, mental health day, man. So you check out and not not think about too much, you know, and so on and so forth. I think it's important uh, to do. I also think that um, if you're abusing that, and, and that's not something I, I take often, if, if ever. Um, but I've seen people abuse that. You know, I came in, I a mental health day. And it becomes a mental health week, and then a mental health month, and they fire file for what's it called? Um, uh, FMLA. Yeah, yeah. So they, they they file for disability, basically. Yeah. You know, for the mental health stuff, which uh, I understand, but if if you're not doing anything to work on that, that's a that's a big problem I have. And I'll, I'll keep in mind, keep in mind, I'm not very familiar and or versed with uh, the regularity needs of mental health because I'm more of a positive person. I really yeah. don't have that kind of stuff, so. If, if I wasn't doing something or making some kind of money or something like that, I don't think I would take a mental health health day to check it out. I think I would just grind until I did. Uh, but I think it's necessary for people. Certain personality types definitely need that. Um, but I, and I, I think it's good to know that from your employer too. Yeah. Like, Hey, what do you do? And you have to be careful when you ask that say, saying like, Hey man, I can, I can see, you know, uh, three years in needing a mental health day. Is that, is that something that you guys give, give out? Like, yeah, you got yeah. sick days and PTO days. Right. right That's what right, they're there right. for. Exactly. Um, this kind of loops into the next question though, because I think what you're, what you said could be answered in this next question, which was, can you tell me about employee resource groups or affinity networks within the company? Mm, yeah. Right. So yeah. like that could fall into like, so like with Apple, I had, uh, un, uh, so many free sessions a year with uh, a psychologist over the phone mm. or video call. Right. Okay. Um, I also had in person so many free ones a year. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also like free access to lawyers to, wow. uh, realtors, like all kinds of stuff like that. Right. So those are some things that I think that a lot of people don't know that companies have for them. Yes. And even people that have been there five, six years are like, dude, I didn't know I could call for free legal advice. I don't got to pay a lawyer just to ask questions. Right. Nah, dude, we've had this for 10 years. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big important part. You know, if you, if you work at a larger organization, uh, be very, very versed with the, the things that they, they offer you uh, in particular. So if they do offer you the psychological help, you know, childcare help, anything yeah, else child, like that. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah, it really yeah, yeah. is, especially with so many women going back to work Man, and, and everything. Child a big one. You know, and it's it, and while it's while it's you know necessary for many people uh, to know what's what's going on there and for your employer to be forthright about that and their expectations of that. Yeah, I think is is something you want to know before you go in for sure. So you know, if I, do you have childcare here? Does it? You know, can I drop my kids off here? Things like that. You know, that that's important because can you imagine a place? I know some places actually have this where they have childcare on the premises, so you can drop off your kid, you can see them at lunchtime, and then come back and give them at the end of the day. 
Yeah, you know, like the latchkey kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a latchkey kid. Well, there's, yeah. there's two other questions that uh, go into this one, too. And I'm kind of doing this to speed up time just a tad, but they also work together. Um, are there any opportunities for, like, community involvement, volunteer work? That's also another organization or something that could be within your company that maybe you don't know about, especially yeah. if you like to volunteer or... Um, or, or your company does really cool volunteer events like yeah. that you really want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I know that one of the things that my wife's company did and my companies also have done before that I've worked for is work with the Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. And being a track athlete, that is something that I have absolutely been a part of before. Mm -hmm. So that was super dope. And that was something that I didn't know about until somebody was like, I was like, dude, where'd you get that shirt? That's dope. And they were like, oh, I did the work to the Special Olympics event last year. And I was like, what do you mean you worked it? And they were like, oh, we just signed up on this page. And da, 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 da. And I was like, what? Yeah. I got to go to that, bro. That's really cool, man. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville wasn't there, though. <laughs> I, I think the, and, and to, to keep yourself busy with stuff you do outside of work and volunteer stuff will help your mental health altogether. So everyone always feels better about giving back, you know? And so when you do well, that, a lot of times, yeah. not to be like the shitty side of this, but like a lot of times those are also paid days that you get away from work that could count as like, for me, that would be a mental health day. That would mm -hmm. really replenish a cup for me. That was empty. Right. If I got to take a work day to go help people and, and not have to worry about taking a day off that I wasn't going to be paid or something if it was really a big deal to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't take this day off to go do this thing that I really want to do because I can't not get the money. If they're going to pay you to go do that event too, and you can also fill your cup back up, you can come back to work and be even a better employee because oh, now yeah. your cup's filled. Oh, yeah. And they paid you for that time. Absolutely. So, that yeah, that that's a big one I think a lot of people miss for sure. What's the next question? Uh, the I would say probably the last one was... Um, what is the company's approach to like team collaboration and communication? So basically what is kind of like how you asked the management question, how's the management style earlier? Now you're asking, okay, how do your teams collaborate? How does the company promote that collaboration? And then also what is the communication style amongst your fellow peers? So that's something I wish I would have asked at uh, the dealerships when I, when I transferred. Within okay. So I was in the auto industry. Yeah. Cause each one's got its own little oh, micro yeah. ecosystem. Oh yeah. And you assume that they all use the same, same thing, uh, but they don't, you know, there, there's, there's actually a computer program that most of them use and, but there's one I worked with, that doesn't use the same computer program. So I had to learn that community program. So if you're, if you're a service manager, you work with advisors, you also work with um, technicians, you work with different places like that. Or if you're an advisor, you work with, with managers, technicians and customers. And you, I mean, so there's so many different teams, like in a dealership in particular here, it's a little different because, you know, we're so small. We don't have uh, teams of people, if you would. And so I think as, as a result, you no, know, we there might be times we team up. Right, right, right. And we, we do yeah. that a lot. But I think the, the fact that we're, you're, when you go into a job, you want to know what other teams am I going to be working with? And if at all, how, yeah, how am I going to, what's the, what's the expected realm of communication with them? How much do I communicate and so on and so forth? And this, this affects the corporate world uh, in particular, if you're looking for a job in the corporate world, uh, my wife works in the corporate world. And so, those expectations are laid down very, very, very to the most finite detail for her. So she knows who I contact, when I contact and how I contact, you know, so that you're not sending an email when the person works by text yeah. or you're not sending a text when the person works by messenger, you know, or, or certain things like that within the company. Yeah. So that, that's very, very important to recognize if you want to be efficient in your job, 
how am I supposed to communicate with the people I'm supposed to communicate with? Well, and, and some people like to have that communication more and some people like to have it less. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a really, I'm a really f- big floater in the gray area. Mm-hmm. There's times where, like, when I come in in the mornings and I'm here when nobody else is here, I'm probably some of the most productive. Right. But then there's times where I'm here and there's other people here and things are just really cool and I'm, I'm just as productive, right? Right, right. And so I'm one of those people where, like, I like to work with people, but there's times where, like, I just don't want to, like, especially if I'm working on a big project or something, I don't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think asking that question and figuring out, are, am I going to be working with people a lot or am I going to be working, sim- like, by myself a lot, right? And right, right. which one of those environments better fits your your style? If you need to be in a team and held accountable and it helps keep you motivated and helps helps that camaraderie helps you come to work every day like working at a retail store that camaraderie if you have a really good team around you definitely helps you come to work every day because you look forward to just joking and goofing with those guys and knowing that they're going to have your back when you're there oh absolutely so that i think that's a big thing too yeah i think i think the more you can uh, one one of the best one of the best attributes that you could ask is the more you know what's expected of you and how you're meant to communicate the better you can do at your job. You know, how do you want me to communicate about this? How do you want me to communicate about that? And so on and so forth. Or better filter which job's best yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. I, I absolutely agree. Um, so the other half of this is the, 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 the questions that the employer might ask you. Maybe some, like, w- the weird interview questions that maybe they're pretty good at, they're pretty you need good to questions. figure out. You know what I mean? Yeah, these, these are questions that, that maybe the employer business or the hiring manager yeah will ask you go ahead and shoot those well the, the first one is a big one man because it, it can be a hard one for a lot of people to answer mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that you know for me almost until my 30s there was a lot of things that i didn't well that's not true i'd say probably in my mid-20s i started figuring out what was motivating me okay so the question is what motivates you to do your best work okay that's a right? very good question and yeah. you know for a lot of people it's money mm-hmm for a lot of people, it's uh, they just love the work that they're doing. You know, maybe they're builders and they're creative. Maybe it's you know, yeah. For for sales guys in particular, I think it's money, right? Because if they if they have if they work on commission, which which I did, then it has to be. Um, yeah, m- money is is really a, a big but, but a big motivation. Having a family at home that you need to provide for could be that motivation. Sure, right? sure, sure. Um, for me, what motivates me is is uh, there's two things. One, knowing that I can help people. And knowing that I have the ability to still be able to be at home and present when I need to be at home. Sure, sure. So that's the stuff that motivates me. Like when I know, when I know that something happened in my life and I had the ability to get it taken care of when further in my life, it would have been a really big headache and a big stressor on me to get it taken care of. That makes me want to come back when I come back the next time. 10 times more than I came, than I had to leave when I left. Right. Versus like having to fight to get out of a building to go take care of something and then feel kind of some type of way when you come back the next day, like, man, you guys. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, That's yeah I think knowing what motivates people is a big thing because it's, man, it can be so different for so many different people. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm motivated by the people I work with too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm motivated by, the, by people I work with. If I, if I work with people I did not want to work with, there's no way I'd be motivated, to be honest yeah. with you. It's hard. Yeah, it really is. So if there's people I don't want to work with, I'm not I'm not motivated. I don't care. Um, like, like when all my homies got promoted, 
all the people that I was like coaching and working with at, at Apple and they all either left to another store, got promoted or went to, um, I think there was only two that got promoted or they went to corporate and got, and went to California. Mm-hmm. My wife didn't want to move. So that wasn't an option for us. Right. And when they all left and it was just like a bunch of these newer people that started coming in and my job got a little bit harder because those guys were good at their jobs mm-hmm. and those guys were fun to be around and they loved coming to work and hanging out. Now there's just all this negativity that starts coming in and all these people not doing their jobs the right way that shouldn't be in these positions, not doing the job properly. Right. And then that stuff really, br- that really brings down, um, it can bring down an entire building, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. Wrong people, wrong, wrong place, wrong thing. I mean, Getting people on the bus is the, is the hardest part, and then putting them in the right seat seat is even harder. Mm. You know, so and manage, if management doesn't do that, it doesn't see that, and says, "Hey, look, you know, you're you're in a job that you're on the bus, and we want you here. You're not in the right seat. We got to put you in the right seat." Go, read "Good to Great" by uh, I can't remember who wrote that book. It's a book called "Good to Great," and it's about major companies that have uh, really transitioned very well by having the right people and getting the wrong people off the bus yeah. uh, and then putting the right people in the right seats, you know? So, and it might take, and you might be in an organization where it takes you a, a few years to find out what seat you really want to be in, yeah. you know? So you're, you, you like the organization and everything else like that. But as you grow, you, you get, get discontent with your seat or you have other skills or opportunities to do other things. And it's, it's up to communicating with upper management to say, Hey, I, I really want to do this. You know, I think this is very, very important for me going forward. This is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, that's very, very critical for, for them to know and, and so on and so forth. And they're like, okay, so we need to you know, plan a track for you to get there if they want that. So I think a, another big one that they're going to ask is going to be, uh, you know, something along the lines of like, can you share some sort of a challenging situation that you've faced in previous careers or jobs that... Um, that were really hard and how you, how you overcame them or how you handled those situations. Yeah. Having that one in the chamber is probably really important because people are going to be asking, how do you deal with conflict resolution? Yep. That's, you know, yep. Um, that's a very, very Again, a date question that could easily be asked. Is he going to punch a hole in the wall or right. is he going to sit down and talk to you about it? You know what I mean? I think, I think that's a huge thing because conflict is inevitable in any kind of job. And I think if you don't have that ready, um, if you don't have, either if you're an employer or an employee, if you're an employer and you don't ask that question, you're assuming you're never going to have conflict, and yeah. uh, which is a really bad assumption because it makes an ass out of you and umption. Um, the other aspect of it is you won't have uh, literally, you'll have employees coming in thinking that everything is always peachy keen. They're going to be doing always what they want. It's not true. There's a lot of times you do stuff in any kind of business, in any kind of job that you don't want to do. Yeah. And that's why they pay you to do the stuff that you don't want to do. That's the thing I, I tell people all the time when I, when I hear this question is, you're going to be paid to do what you don't want to do. That's why they pay you. Yeah. You're there to show up at a certain time and to leave at a certain time and to do certain work at a certain time because you are paid to do so. If not, everybody would do it. That's, that's yeah. why you work a job that you actually enjoy so that when you have to do the shit you don't enjoy, it's not as bad. Right. Absolutely. You know? Um, as you're trying to find that. So, but th- again, this is all communication. I mean, it's, it's asking expectations from your company and from your employees is very, 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 very important for anybody. Next question. Um, how do you maintain a work-life balance? Which you, you, so you ask an employer how they help employees do that, but how do you yourself take advantage of that, right? Like, so for example... Well, you're asking the employee. So the right, boss right, is right, asking right, the employee right. that, yeah. So 
for example, we, when I worked at Apple, it's just really good to use Apple as an example because there's really good and really bad things. Um, my schedule was three weeks in advance because people need to be able to make appointments three weeks in advance, right? Sure, sure. So there has to be an available time slot for them to make an appointment. So somebody has to be scheduled. So there were, there was a girl, um, uh, she was very good, very good employee. She was awesome. Um, but she was like super anal about her time. So every year, as soon as the new, the new year rolled over and they started allowing like you to be able to get time off, she immediately starts putting in all her time off. Okay. Like scheduled it, like schedules it mm-hmm. in advance. puts it all in as early as she can put it in and literally plans out her, her life and her work-life balance. Mm. See, I'm not like that. I can't, I can't pre my life is so, especially right now is so up and down and it's just, it, there's no telling where my life is going to go at the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because I've, I've in-laws that live with us here and there and I've, you know, you have exterior variables. That, that, there's a lot yeah. of variables yeah. in my life. Yeah. So, you know, that, that affects a lot of things. It's not as easy to settle in or, um, or, or, or predict that far ahead. Right. 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 I, I think if you're, if you're not a planner like myself, I'm not a, I'm not a big planner. I don't like planning my days off or anything else like that. When you do find out about it, let the people that you work with know as soon as possible, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And so if you, if you know, my wife and I decided to go out of town to Salt Lake city, um, this coming uh, September. And so she gave me the dates right away, booked the hotel, everything else like that. And so I told you and everyone else that, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be out of town during these times in September, uh, which is very, very important. So you give people a heads up, you know, and then it, it's important if you work at a small company to make sure you're communicating all your time in particular. And then if there's a portal that you work with in any other kind of company, make sure you do get in. Cause that girl is probably really on spot on and doing that, that you, you do get in and you do say, boom, 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 boom. These are the times I need off yeah. and so on and so forth. Because, and it also makes your employer respect that as well. Like, Oh, they asked you for this time off. They can't come and ask you you know, Hey, by the way, I know you asked for this off. I need you during that time. Yeah. Because so-and-so wanted it off. And you're like, Hey man, in January, I put this in, you're coming into me in March. Yeah. Telling me this, you know, it's in January. And work-life balance is a funny thing, right? Like I've been that guy that's had shit tons of vacation time where they're like, you need to start cashing it out. Mm -hmm. You have to use it. And I never used to be greedy with my time like that. Right. Mm -hmm. I was always just, balls to the wall doing you know everything I could for whoever I was working for and I think for me what I did was I had to make a career change in order to get that work-life balance back mm-hmm. I had to and some people have to you know there was people, yeah. there was no choice I had to make if I wanted if I wanted the work-life balance that that I was telling myself that I needed I had to make a career change there was no option for mm. it, it just there was no way that I could work the work-life balance that I needed and wanted with the job that I had. Right. I had to make that change. Right. So that's something else that people have to look at is like father time is undefeated. You're very limited with the time with the people that you have on this planet. Right. And if you really value that time, then find a way to get it back. That's one of the reasons I got out of the dealership life was, um, and I think I could go back and strike a better balance if I ever do. But when I was there, man, it was sun up to sundown dealership. I mean, six days a week, you're just exhausted. You really are. And so I, I'd come home. I'd wake up at 4 a.m. to get to the gym at 5 a.m. to finish up at 6 a.m. 
to get to the dealership at seven and then stay till seven. And then I'd come home and I'd fall asleep on the couch around eight o'clock and my kids were running over on me and stuff like that. They wake me up several times and, you know, and I got back up. I mean, at that point you're, you're falling asleep around nine o'clock because you can't stay awake. And then I just, my wife, and it was really good money. It was really good for our family as far as financially concerned. I remember my, my wife telling me like, I'm glad we're not going to do this forever. We're just going to do this for a time period. And, and it was, and she's absolutely right. We won't do it forever. We'll do it for a time period. And uh, when time got to get out of there, when the cigar industry and, you know, the rest is history, you know, from there. But striking that work-life balance is, is, like you said, a genuinely important thing. What's the next question? Well, the, the next question kind of ties into that. And um, it's, you know, what are your hobbies and interests outside of work, right? If, if work is your only hobby and interest, then, you know, it, it's, it's, really, it's going to be really hard to have a work-life balance. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. you know, you got to find some things that you can do that are different and outside of work to change up that monotony and, and fill that cup back up. Right. Like you got to you got to you have to re-energize that cup. Yeah, I think I think I'd be careful in, in how much you share with your employee. I think I would share safe things if you're into stuff that could be very um, misconstruing, for example, off-roading, shooting, you know, hunting, things like that that some employers at some different, you know, maybe politically left-leaning places, they would, they would kind of shy away from that or find that to be a little... Oh, that guy goes and shoots guns all the time. Right, right, right. They might be a little skittish about that. So just be careful in how you say things, you know, to your employer. I mean, give them as much information. That guy goes to Bible studies. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that could be another thing. Like, you're, you're, you're talking with an atheist who is a radical atheist and does not respect at all anybody who has faith in anything. And you start telling them, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a committed Christian, you know, I'm... I'm a committed Muslim or whatever else, all of a sudden that person has got a prejudice against you because of some, you know, thing that happened back in the past, you know, and I think that's a very, very important thing. And you won't know that, but if you offer too much, you know, to your employer, you might, yeah. you know, you might for sure. But that's a good question um, to ask though. It's a very good question and, and, and safe hobbies, you know, things like, you know, I like hanging with my friends, hanging with my family, you know, I, I play right. basketball I'm a, over I'm here. A movie buff. I right. read. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like the safe stuff that I think anybody will get. But in our day and age, I you go hiking. Be, yeah, you got to be careful about what you share. Yeah. You know, you just really do. Just because the, some of the things that I do that, you know, I mean, if I if I were if I were to tell an employer if I'm working at the American Lung Association, and he's what's some of your hobbies? I'm like smoking cigars. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna be like what? <laughs> you know, be careful about that. Um, so a lot of these questions are are. are conflict resolution and, and how you communicate, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to loop a few of these back in together real quick. Okay. Uh, so one is like, um, tell me about a time when you had to work with difficult colleagues and clients. Um, how do you handle stress or pressure? Um, can you share a time when you had to adapt to an unexpected change or situation? So mm -hmm. like all of those are all very similar. They go kind of together with the, uh, with the, the second one, which was like, how can you share, you know, how you, a difficult situation you handled in a previous role and how you overcame it. And I think all of those are kind of tying back into, you know, how do you deal with that conflict resolution? Are you, are you trying to resolve it with the other people? Are you just not saying anything? Are you skipping that person and going straight to management? You know, what is, what is your, 
what is your thought process? Are you somebody that gets that just jumps down that other person's throat? Do you come back later and talk to them? You know, there's a lot of dynamic that goes into that that could affect the workplace. And that also depends highly on your job. I mean, when I when I was when I was working at the dealerships, man, you're working with some roughneck mechanics, man. Yeah, dude, you really are some roughneck guys that that get <laughs> in there, they, that get into it with each other. You know, <laughs> throw so, wrenches and shit. Man. Oh yeah, there's a time literally where two technicians came to my booth when I was a service service advisor, and they were fist fighting in my booth and I had to get in between the two of them and literally tell them back off or I'll beat you both up. You know, I'm, I remember thinking like this is, I mean, one, you have, you have to, you have to read the situation. This is on a mm-hmm. Saturday too. So we were, we weren't super busy. Um, but I remember thinking to myself like, God, come on guys. You know? And I told one guy go that way. One guy go the other way. And you know, they were yelling and screaming at each other. And I remember thinking to myself, like you have to meet the conflict with what the conflict deserves, you know? So, with those guys, I, I can't say guys let's sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> they weren't going to. They were going to come to blows, you know. So, but there's other people that, that I said, "Hey, man, it seems like you're really frustrated." Like I've done things before that I know are frustrated. So I sit down with them. I'm like, "Hey, man, you seem like you're really frustrated about a decision I made. Tell me why that is, you know." And the person be like, "Dude, I don't like you." I'm like, "Well, that's that's okay. You're allowed, you're allowed to not like me. So, but you can't just so you know you can't disrespect me in front of anybody, and and I can't disrespect you." So we're, we're allowed to not like each other, but we have to work together in this environment, you know? And so, cause you'll find, you'll, you will find other people in, in your, in your work environment that you like, and you'll find people you don't like, Absolutely. you know? And so are people that you gravitate towards people you don't gravitate towards people you don't gravitate towards. I mean, you don't, don't respect them. You're just like, I just, that's not, it's not, it's not my people. Not my you people. don't relate to them because right, right. Well, yeah. one of the other questions in here is, is what values are important to you in a workplace? Oh yeah. I, right. I think, yeah. I think so. the, the. I think that the hardest thing for me in particular was working at a work, workplace that was hostile towards my faith, okay. you know, and I, I worked with several people, several advisors at one point in the dealership where I, I was, it was a kind of a shock to me that they were so hostile towards me knowing that I was a former pastor. Really? And they were, oh, very. I mean, okay. just, just like, okay, whatever church boy, things like that. And they would throw things out like that. I'm like, what, what, what's that supposed to mean, man? What are you talking about that? One was a girl who was an absolute bitch. I mean, her, and I, I, God, it was, it was, she was so harsh and she was so, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Somebody did her wrong somewhere in her life. There's no doubt about that. But she was incredible with customers. She was great with customers. But it, whenever she would find out, like, you know, I mean, personally, there had to be a lot of turmoil there because she would just, you know, murmur, murmur, murmur about like a, a customer or a job or something like that she had to do. Uh, and if anyone screwed anything up, she would just go, she'd go nuts, dude. She was crazy, you know, and so, but she was incredible uh, advisor. She was really, really, really good. Um, but I'll never, I'll never forget that thinking like, man, this girl's a loose cannon. And I, I remember asking her personally one time, like, you got a per- personal problem with me? She goes, no, it's the fact you're a pastor. I don't like, I don't like pastors. And I'm like, okay, something happened somewhere in the back, you know, in, in yeah, history PTSD, there. Bro. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I understand that and so on and so forth. And so I just kind of let it roll off. But that's the other thing too. If you, if you can let stuff roll off your back pretty easily, uh, you'll be much happier as an employee, that's for sure, uh, and not 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 take everything so personal. So imagine if I took what you said personal. I get a fight. I get a fi- I get a fight with you about it. You know, if I'm like I'm like, would it be so negative about it, jerk? You know, and everything like that. I just don't take things personal. If you, if you take everything personal, man, you walk around like a ticking time bomb, and, and you'll you'll become that person that everyone walks on eggshells around. Well, and you don't want to be that person. No, you and, know? and and luckily for our situation, like I'm. I'm usually, and so you are too, uh, very self-aware about 
because there are times where like I am just a robot, dude. I will just I'm so quick with like my mind and the way it thinks. Sometimes I just say shit, and then I'll go think about it, and I'll come back and be like, dude, I I said this, but I didn't provide any context. You to do why that I a said lot, it. bro. You do that a lot, and then come back and give context. Yeah. To it. You know, and like I like, said, if then I you're was, like, fuck, now that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, then, but I think that's important because I also know how to work with you. I know how to work with you and I know, okay, I'm not you're like, oh, fuck, personal. I'll give him 10 minutes. And if he don't come back up here, then we'll figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think the, but there's, there's other people. I think when you work in an environment where you don't feel respected or, there's not clear communication between you and the other people you're wor- working with. And, and that's not expected from you as a boss. Like somebody tells you that that is your direct report, that they don't expect that from you. That's really, really, really difficult. Particu- particularly if you've ever been in sales because sales guys won't get along with anybody yeah. because they're, they're looking after themselves. For the you know? love of money. Oh, yeah, dude. They're, they're, I mean, every, every, every other sales guy is your competition. So they're not going to help you with anything. If anything, they're going to screw with you. You know, so that's important. I, I've seen that in sales when I've been in sales. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Particularly if you, if you guys are both going for, and even when I was an advisor, man, I had this guy. I, I don't know if you even listen to the podcast, but I had this guy at one point. Um, man, I I I never get this heated. I, I'm usually the one breaking up fights, but this one point, he stole he stole a ticket of mine. He stole. I, I know he stole a ticket. So as so a car rolled in, it was my customer. I know it was my customer. I had an appointment with him, and the guy stole my ticket. And uh, he came back, and, and I said, uh, I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, I know what you did, and if you ever do it again, I'm going to take you right around the corner. I'm going to kick your ass. I want you to understand that. He's like, no, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And he was a big dude, you know, and he probably would give me a good fight, but it didn't matter. I just want him to know that. I'm like, like you took food off my kid's table, all right, and I'm going to kick your ass if you do that again, just so you understand that. If you ever do that again, I'm going to kick your ass. Do you understand me? When I say that, we're going to go around that corner right there with a little corner where nobody can see, and I will whoop up that ass. And he was just like, he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Customer got, never they, told him they had an appointment. Huh? They just rolled up, never said they had an appointment, kind of thing. No, says, they said, "Where's Bradley?" And I was inside uh, helping somebody well, plus, else. Plus, you put their stuff in the system, you're going to see it. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. the person comes up and then he takes the tickets. Very large ticket. It took about five, six hundred bucks for me, you know. And so I was like, oh my gosh, dude, that's 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 my money, you know. And so I told him, I, I forced him actually. I said, I need you to give me your next big ticket, and it better be as big as, big as that ticket was. Uh, you're you're going to give me your next big And he did, okay, because he got caught. So I'm, I'm telling you, man, conflict resolution in the workplace, depending on where you work and what kind of environment you work in, if you're not distinct with somebody, if you don't tell people what you're expecting from them and say, hey, man, I'm, fair is fair. If you, if you, you, got that, you got that job or you got that opportunity and everything else like that and you got that customer and you're making money on it, well, good for you. That's, that's good for you. But if you just cutthroat and you don't care about screwing people over and you let that happen to you, man, it'll absolutely ruin you the rest of your life. Nobody, nobody will ever walk over me again. I, I, I only happened once, I think. That happened early on to me in life where I had a pastor. my first ministry. I, I was a youth pastor. He was a pastor. And we agreed not to tell people I was leaving the church, okay, until a certain time period. And then on Wednesday night, he let the cat out of the bag and then took off. And didn't stick around and talk to me about it. And I was like, and I was 22, 21 or 22 at that time. And I was like, that's the last time anyone's ever going to walk over me. I'll never, and I, 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 I stuck to my guns the whole time with him. I was like, hey, man, he, he looked at me and said, you're the employee. I'm the employer. And that's just how it goes. So I'm like, look, dude, you, we agreed this wasn't going to happen. He goes, well, I don't remember that. 
<laughs> and I'm like, you don't remember it. Are you kidding me? You know, so, I mean, as, as a result, like, we, I, I think Harvey Plouk, who's a, a dear, dear, dear old mentor of mine, uh, his son Dan, I think, listens to the podcast. Dan's my best friend from my high school and also my best man in my wedding. Um, Harvey said, we, we, we teach people how to treat us. If you allow people to treat you poorly, then you're going to continue to let, you're going to, people are going to continue to treat you poorly. And when someone sees you disrespect them in front of other people and you allow that to happen, that will set a precedence for everybody else treating you that way. Exactly. And so, I, man, I had, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many stories I could tell you about guys. I had, I had a guy yell at me uh, one time on the drive who's my superior and I went to him directly in his office. I'm like, just so you know, man, that can never happen again or I'll walk out. I'll walk out in a heartbeat. I know you're having a bad day or something like that, but I'll walk out in a heartbeat, you know? Last one, bro. Let's go. Last one. Long podcast. Here we go. What do you do to continue learning and developing professionally? You know, so, sometimes nothing. Sometimes, well, I mean, yeah, if it's a just lot. a job, if it's just a job, right. you're not going to do anything. I mean, if uh, honestly, if... If you if it's just a job to you, it, it's nothing. But if you are working in an environment that you really like what you're doing and you enjoy what you're doing, you're obviously going to be learning and talking and reaching out to people, multiple people in that community, always looking at stuff. For example, people in the cigar community watch Half Wheel all the time. They watch other YouTubers. They they watch other people like that. They talk to manufacturers. They might go yeah. through the Tobacconist University stuff, right? Yeah. Which is kind of bogus. Um, but I mean, in, in all honesty, the Tobacco University, the book and the certificate, that's kind of a, as a, as a cheap way of doing it, but you can do it, you know, and you can get a, a certificate. Um, but people have been smoking cigars for a long time. I would call you a tobacconist. I call myself a tobacconist as well. Um, because you know more than just how a cigar tastes, you know, the leaf, how it happens and, and everything else like that. Um, but I, I think that that's important, but I mean, outside of, you know, your job, some people don't want to think about their job when they get home. They just want to do something else. But uh, when, you're, when you're an employer and you're asking that, you're asking that, I think, for two reasons. One, you want to see if this guy wants to grow within your company, okay? And the second thing you want to do is, is this guy looking for other opportunities outside my company? Because there are people who do that all the time. They, the grass is greener guy. You know, he's there for a year, maybe there for two years, and then he's got another opportunity someplace else and moves his family all over the country all the time. There's a lot of guys out there that do that. A lot of guys out there and their, their families put up with it. So it's true. Is that the end? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, like they, there's a lot of different ways that you can develop personally, but that's really dependent on the job that you're doing. Right. right. Like for me, uh, there were, I've had two, two or three jobs where I got to a point where I couldn't develop much more personally. You know, oh, like yeah. when I was working at the bank, they were like, you have to be in your position a year to do anything else. Otherwise, you're just stuck as a teller, even though the bank was like, we want to move you. We want to move you. And the bank was like, we can't. He has to be here for a year. And they were like, so what? Who cares? Move him. So when they told me that and then they closed my branch and wanted to put me at a different branch, I was like, I'm out. I left. Mm -hmm. Right. So. um, Same thing with like. You know, with like um, that was one of the good things I would say about Best Buy is when I was a Geek Squad manager, there was never a, never a time where you couldn't continue to expand and learn because I did TVs, speakers, DVD players, mm -hmm. PCs, Macs, phones, tablets. Like, the list just goes... Like, Geek Squad literally just did it all for no reason. It was insane. 
gaming systems, right? Like, so there was always something new mm-hmm. and always something, some new virus, some new uh, printer spoiler spoof issue that you had to go into the registry for, some new antivirus program causing problems. There was always something, some new Adobe update or JavaScript update. It was always something. Um, so, you know, for, for me, it's, it's gotta be the, there has to be a way to continue to seek knowledge in the job. And if, if it ever gets to a point where there's not, it gets hard to continue to want to keep doing that job. So like here, dude, there's so many different, like, I just want to, like, I just want to go to a factory and just start playing with all these different types of tobacco. Right. Like, yeah. I want to play with different ideas that we have both for videos and for other things that we have, you know, that Mm -hmm. we've cooked up and thought about. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's there for us here. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of expansion here and there's a lot of room for other things we want to do and everything else like that. I think that's going to be, uh, that's yet to be seen and yet to be produced, but it will be, uh, within the coming months and, you know, if not by, uh, by winter. So, well guys, again, we want to hear your feedback on the podcast. Drop us an email if you could at cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. That is cutlightsmokepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And so for the Cutlight Smoke, so for the Cutlight Smoke Podcast, I've been Bradley, this has been JB, and we are out of here like last year. Peace. <laughs>